Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There was a boy that I knew at school. Never want to break any rules. Never many friends because he wasn't exactly cool. Treated like a fool, to be fair. Never stood a footy so the other kids did not care. Just the nerve till he heard them on the wood. Screaming, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. When I bought the tape the next day, within a week he's got the words in his memory. Jealous kids say, he's a cliche, but man, I change it for the music that I band play. When the cover door with beats on his head shape, bully getting pissed, swing a fist and the boy say, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. So the first order of business should be, I mean, we should we sing it, Layla? Should we sing him happy birthday? Should we just say it? Don't say it. Don't spray it, mate. <laughs> That's a little callback to when we were just on tour for everybody listening, which was literally for the last five days. But today yeah. is Barney Boom's birthday. So happy birthday, Barney. Thank you. We can't get rid of you. Cheers. No, we should, we should, we should. You know what? I've just had... Um, Max strength cold and flu capsules with an honorary birthday cocktail, a pre-mixed gin and diet tonic. So, yeah, I've got the tall ergy. You might be able to hear my voice. I woke up with aching bones. I but thought I when you were in the back of the van and I could hear your voice starting to croak, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, is he going to be all right for the last show? But you was, not only were yeah, you all right. No, it was you fine, were, yeah. You were um, amazing. But you've definitely been uh, been strucken with it today, have you? Well, that's not a very nice birthday gift. No, no, it's a weird birthday, though, isn't it? You do a tour and then... Go home on your own. Real world, but it's what it is. I just went Aldi, spent 48 quid. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rock and roll, never stop. Living La Vida Loca. Well, right out the gate, I want to say a huge thank you to you, Pear, and, and to Luke and, and James, and, and obviously Nick Horn as well. Uh, the last five nights have been just such a celebration of of music and the community, which we've all grown up and come of age in, and, and our friendship and our shared 
I think journeys both individually and together. It was everything I could have, have hoped and dreamed it would be and more on every level. Um, and I, I deeply and sincerely mean that from the shows to the, you know, the journeys to the, the night bunking with Barney and travel lodge hotels. All of it was was just I mean, it felt seamless. It felt more like a family road trip to me than a than a tour that just also happened to have incredible sold out shows as well. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. It's like family. It's like deranged Texas rednecks or uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> it kind of is a family, but it's a strange family. Uh, but yeah, that's what being in a band is about. And it's good to have you along with the family because you are family. Ah, oh, bless you. Well, you obviously said some nice things about me, which I missed, which I still feel bad about. But Layla, you said some lovely things last night in London, um, which touched me to the core brought a little tear to my eye and um yeah it was it was just such a i think for me i've had the the great fortune to have done some really you know amazing tours in the last sort of six seven years a lot of my childhood heroes and, and people i grew up you know being influenced and inspired by have become peers and i've gone on the road with them but there was something about this tour i think because the music that you guys play and the people who are connected to that community um it is very much i feel like at the core of who i still am as an adult you know it was the soundtrack to my youth but it really did shape my worldview and my sense of humor and my musical tastes and my friendships and relationships and there's something particularly special i think about this whole uk kind of noughties um scar scene which as we've just seen is is still absolutely thriving isn't mm -hmm. it i am um... So I was actually thinking about the last time, uh, the first time, sorry, that I met you. And I I, I should I, I wanted to say this on stage, but, you know, I, I didn't get around to it. So the first time I met you, you were DJing for Kerrang, for Kerrang Radio. <clears throat> and I always would approach people with this attitude that they think they're better than me. I've always had this thing, like it obviously comes from a place of insecurity. And you, it was at Sonisphere, you were so down to earth and so friendly. Like I think we did an interview with you and we don't, it's not that we don't often click with people straight away, but with you, there's, there's like my, my best mate Maddie, it happened with her the second she sort of came into my life it was like she's made from the same stuff as I am and I totally got that with you um when we first met and then you invited us I just knew he was a wreckhead because he come bowling over and he was just like straight away he was just like right you're gonna do this gonna do that and I was just like yeah I, I get that energy do you know what I mean it's, it's just yeah, it was more than that that's what it was for me guilty yeah, yeah, but it was more than that because wreckheads can be annoying. Like, you know, there's an energy. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't, yeah, there was an energy, and you were, and then we did that Kerrang session with you. And there's never been any airs and graces with you. Like, even on the tour, you just sort of like, you were just one of us. You weren't Matt Stocks who goes on kiss cruises and does, has this insane, motley crew lifestyle like you were just one of us and i and i and i proper I've, I've been thinking about it a lot today 
how um yeah it's just it's that one level but it's a level that we all get it's like even like james who you don't you don't know that well or keffers um and 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 our sound guy luke you just gel you just gel with you just gel with us and um i've really enjoyed i'm not saying getting to know you but i feel like i've i've always known you i feel the same um i think what was the difference with this tour as opposed to say the last few years is i probably was friendlier with you to begin with but then in more recent times because of your lifestyle shift i've probably spent a lot more time with barney and nick and so mm. i've become super close with those two in the last few years um, and I haven't seen all that much of you, really. You know, it's been like the odd fleeting kind of brief social dalliance here or there. But for the large part, for the last probably four, five years, mm. it's usually me hanging out with Barney and Nick because we're on the you know, the pop <laughs> to get, <laughs> together, going to Krakow and raising hell and all of this. So to actually, you know, reconnect with you was, yeah, was was huge for me and and, and wonderful. And you, you both... Um, you more on stage, Layla, but you know some of the conversations I've shared with you two in recent times, and you made a point of sort of addressing this directly on stage every night, Layla, is the idea of of tackling the insecurities and issues that um, that you face. And Barney, you know, I know me and you have had our conversations, and you have your own um, journey. Cross the bear, yeah. <laughs> bear. exactly that. And uh, I'd like you both just to kind of talk a little bit about that to begin with really the idea that um i don't want to use the term imposter syndrome in regards to you later because maybe that's the wrong term and i'm not a fan of, of of that phrasing myself but you did say on stage every night that because it had been so long since you guys had been out on tour and played shows when it came time to actually rehearsing and getting your head in the game to go out and do them you were saying mm. there was very much this voice inside your head that was like it's, am i it, good enough do they care um yeah 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 it's always been there. So so I stopped drinking 11 years ago. Is that how long it's been now? Wow. Well, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 11 years ago. But, but, but strangely, well, and now I understand it. Um, the, the, fur, the, longer, the longer it got that I'd not drank, the more, uh, the more I felt I, like I was losing control of my life. Because drink was a solution for me, but I didn't know. And so I spent, so I, and I was thinking about this. So the first time, uh, so me and Barney have known each other since we were 11. And I was in the school choir. And I remember this teacher, I love singing. I love singing until the age of 13. When this teacher said to me, I, I did a solo in the choir, like, phantom of the opera or something like that like i was singing on my own and um i remember the teacher going oh you shouldn't sing on your own you 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 shouldn't you you shouldn't be singing on your own you need to be like in the group and ever since then i've always it, it really knocked my confidence i don't think i don't think adults realize the impact that, that you can have on a little kid and i you know i i I had a very um, chaotic childhood. And so at the age of 14, I think, um, like Barney 
started this band with our friend Simon Ospina that used to play guitar like John Frusciante and Barney was like playing the bass like Flea and I remember sitting in Barney's garage because we, we were there and I was just there because I was going out with Barney so I was just like the not the group people you know just the person there and the I muse remember, you were the muse I was a muse there you go yeah I remember Barney um like passing me the microphone because he was him or Simon don't weren't singing and and he was like sing and I, this I, I remember the feeling now and I haven't thought about this since it happened I remember the feeling of just being paralyzed like what I, I can't do that like I've just been told that I can't every ounce of enjoyment that I had for just like being all three axle roses you know the the deep axle the 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 normal axle the high axle these are the things that I used to love singing it it just went and I remember and I was like no and I remember going in a mood and then um we went to the we went to the shop and you know got got some beers and as soon as I had a seven percent disgusting kind of beer I was like, give me that mic. I'm Alanis Morissette. Get off the mic. Give me the mic. And I remember going for it. And that's where alcohol became that. You can do anything, Layla. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be anyone. But that it, every single rehearsal we had, and Barney, you, we've never spoken about this. Every single re rehearsal we had, unless I'd had a drink, I was an absolute nightmare, absolute kicking the doors, screaming, going home. You're, you're what you think I'm shit. You, you're saying this. You're, and I, you know, I, sorry, I've got a bit deep, but I apologize, Barney, because I was not easy. I was an angry young kid. Well, you put some alcohol in me, and suddenly I was like, I can do this. And so for the last, 15 years we we the last 10 years not the last 10 years the last 20 years we've toured the world and I didn't realize that I I needed to drink to be able to do that so when I stopped drinking and this is just a big realization I'm having on this call I don't even know where any of this is coming from I but um but, but when I stopped drinking I'm suddenly exposed. I'm suddenly that 13-year-old kid that the teachers, it doesn't matter. You know what? You could probably go back in time. Maybe she didn't say it like that. And maybe she said it in a kind way. The impact that my lived experience of it, a child that was already traumatized, was every time I get on that stage, you are a piece of shit. And you what? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are getting on there doing this? You can't sing. No one, you know, it's that one YouTube comment. Oh, my God, she sounds like Minnie Mouse. And we all laugh about it in the van and, you know, it's like uh, whatever. And I have got this tour has not only made me fall in love with singing, it's also made me realize that I have got a lot of work to do to heal from that trauma.
because it it really has ruined a lot. Um, like it's really <laughs> it's done a lot of damage to like just the person that I could have become or the person that I want to be. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Yeah, it's the person you want to be in it. Do you know what I mean? It's not. There's no point having regrets, is it? No, but I don't. I, you know, this the amount of beautiful people that I got to speak to on this tour, and they were all like, Layla, this is the first time that we're this is the first time that we're getting to know you. And I'm like, What do you mean? I'm always up there, and especially the people that have been there since day one. Yeah, there was this woman there, and she was like, She was like, I've been there since 2004, and she said. I love you. I love what you stand for. But I've never really known who you are. Yeah, you can see that because uh, because a lot of the you know you, you're a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the stuff came from different places. So it, you, you know you, you've your the way you presented yourself on stage on this tour has been different, and it has been before. And so that is just people reacting to people like real people like real. I like real, but I like real, but I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I'd always get this thing afterwards. I love meeting people, but I'd always get, I was saying to Barney before, I'd always get obsessed like, oh, I can only be on the merch for 10 minutes because I'm going to lose my voice or I'm going to get COVID or whatever. And this time, like, like dripping, sweaty, mm. whoever, I was like, give me a hug. You're, we're, we're the same. Like, you get me. At, there were people at there was, a, there was there were people at our gig last night. There were, there were these two people at our gig. They met in prison. They met in prison and bonded over Sonic Boom Six. Two young people. They went to prison for 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 sticking up for what they believe in. One of them was like the person that put the soup on the Van Gogh painting. You know, threw the soup on the Van Gogh painting, and we were chatting, and they were just like, "I believe that I, I'm going to make. I I need to make a difference, and whether you agree with that or not, I'm not take the soup being thrown at a painting that had a flipping cover on it anyway. You know, I'm not. I don't want to get into that." But 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 there's someone whose life is dedicated to helping others see how corrupt and how what is wrong with this world, but also taking people on the journey with them. You know, like taking people on the journey with them and actually standing up for what they believe in. And we had a beautiful conversation because because they weren't about cancelling people. This is this my the huge thing for me. Like, you know, that we were talking about it and um they were like, I don't like, I don't want to cancel capitalism. I don't want to cancel stuff. I just want people to hear what I've got to say, to hear um my experiences and how they might be different than yours. But I just want to be heard. And I don't want to be throwing a can of soup at a Van Gogh painting, but I want 
to be heard. I don't want you to fight for me. I don't want you to shout and cancel people left, right and centre. Just listen to me. And I was like, mate, I'm here. I'm listening. But if you want me to listen, I'm going to ask some uncomfortable questions because I need my, I need, I need the ignorance within me to be exposed. There's belief systems that come from being a working class Pakistani council estate kid. I have belief systems where they are wrong. But all cancelling me is going to do is going to make me revel in my wrongness. Like, well, people show... double down, don't they, when they're restricted as to what they can say and express. They only become more belligerent and stubborn and, and, and kind of closed off to yep. the opposing view, which doesn't get us anywhere. There's so much, Layla, you've set up there that I kind of want to try and delve into a little bit more. Barney, I want to throw to you for a, a brief moment. You have obviously been on such a extensive and wild, turbulent, beautiful um, ride as, as a friend with Layla and, and your kind of you know shared history is nearly 30 years right um you yeah. know 20 or so years in a band um share with me if you can a little bit of the growth perhaps that you have witnessed um within the performative aspect of, of Layla's journey through recent times but also I guess just like the nature of being in a friendship like you guys for as long as you have both in terms of personally and, and creatively and, and musically within Sonic Boom 6. Cause at the core of this band is the, you know, the family unit, I think of you two. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it is. And it? it's funny. Um, well, I think for, for both of us, I think what's funny is the inertia that's kept us inclined to do it is in some it has been a double-edged sword because in some sometimes it's like a poison chalice and I got very I got very this uh uh like sort of a checked out of it and I wasn't feeling it at all but somehow it's that I mean that the, the chain by Fleetwood Mac is about this chain that isn't and, and you know ours isn't a Fleetwood Mac chain it's not there's no cocaine going up assholes and shit. No, like well, <laughs> it's the birthday, isn't it? Not this, not this year. Um, but um, <laughs> the, the um, I think there, there is there, there is that thing, and, and that inertia is taking us forward. And um, I, th I think what's I know if we're all gonna get, you know, emotion, like I know that because I'm a slightly um manic ebullient or or influential person with this if i'm down on it and people know they all get bummed out but if i'm into it i know and that's a lot of a weight to carry but i know that if i'm into it they all get buzzing on it because i'm into it again and it's me getting oh, it's doing nice writing songs da, 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 da. and if i'm like oh you mean within the band as opposed to your audience when you're saying that yeah, no, I mean within within the band. Yeah, if yeah. I can take or leave it, and I've just had a hard time over, over the past over the past years, and um, I, you know, there were certain things within our music that that I was like, I'll take or leave it, and I, you know, there's been stupid conversations when I've been like, I'm carrying on for you guys, which in my heart at the time, I sort of in some ways was, but that's what we're talking about. This chain, it was like I didn't want to, you know 
be the one to to bow out of it. But now, I think that I've certainly rediscovered my love for it. You know what it is, and and this this is no this is no big thing. Obviously, with their uh, if you look at our career and our catalogue, there, there there is things you can describe in terms of when we had an identity and we tried some different things because we were always going to be one of those bands that did different albums. We we're never just going to do the same album again and again. Um, but I think now we're all at a, at a point where, you know, sometimes you're just unlucky and you release stuff at the wrong time and it just feels wrong. And I got bummed out at, at the end of, at, with, with the F-bomb. But I think with now, I think what we're seeing Layla doing on stage is indicative that we're all going, okay, so here we are in our lives now. And to make this work, and it's funny, Ben has been in touch recently, our old guitarist, and he was saying this to me when I was in the, my doldrums. He was saying he was used to be where I was a year ago. And he was saying, like you used to say to me when you had all the answers, uh, he used to say, I used, he used to get mad because I have millions of friends on social media and he'd get frustrated with me. And now he's all over social media. He's doing really well on it. And he was like, you were right all them years ago. And I'd forgotten that. Do you know what I mean? I'd forgotten how to do that. I buried myself. I was keeping everything, everything private. So it's like um, now you, when you reassess where you are and you're feeling better in yourself, you, you, the, the, the band then suddenly doesn't take on this thing where it's, uh, it's a chore. It's something you only get out of it what you put into it. You have to be willing to put into it. You can't go, oh, we are this brand and it's just going to tumble along and play the odd gig. You know, we, we you know, if, if we, you can look back and go, maybe if we'd have had a break, that might have been better, but it is what it is. Today is today. Today's my birthday. It's the first day of my last days. Let's, you know, let's get on it. You only get out what you put in. And that's this tunes by us that are about that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you don't even listen to your own philosophies you go nah you, you don't listen to them but um i think we've all sort of turned corners and this tour has been very affirming because you can't go on and do them gigs and everyone's going bonkers like that and you, you can't get off there and be like no this is shit mm. you can't be like i mean it might be only 150 people but we've got messages i got a woman come up to me in nottingham and she was like i left my husband because of your tune worship yourself that's what it took for me you know, you you rap Layla with the lyrics, and I was telling how Layla wrote that song. Like that's one of the songs that Layla started. So, I guess if we're all turning the corner with it, what I would like to see, uh, God, it's like a, it's like a, a marriage counselling. Well, what I would like to see is Layla bring more of that realness to the to to the band, to the social media, to 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 everything, because people engage with it if she's honest, even if it's all like it's it's stuff that's like self journey and that and. Uh, we could just, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> she can be a... I, I, I feel like I can now because I've opened up to it, whereas before it was very much like... I was talking to someone about this last night. Before it was very much like, oh, like all my heroes are knobheads, like all, all of them, like all the people I looked up to you know, and if they're not knobheads, they're like Freddie Mercury. Like, so they're either knobheads or they're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no. But as, kid, but as a kid, all my role models were these male performers. You know, I, I, I used to like, like, like Axl Rose, where 
there's a clear divide between the singer and the fans. And so all that was modeled to me was that that when you go on stage, like Barney would always say, like, you know, watch some videos of Blondie and and I'd because of where I was at, like, you know, watch some live videos of Blondie, I I'd instantly think, well, why is that because I'm shit? Never that I will I could watch Debbie Harry live and actually connect with a female that does it. Instead, I'd watch Rio 1992 with Axel Rose when he's storming off the stage and go, go Axel. Like, it's, you know, I didn't, I've never, I've, I've never had positive female role models in my life. And that's really, that, that's been tough. Like Barney's sister was like the first woman that I was able to not feel threatened by because she's older and because she's Barney's sister and she took me under her wing and went, listen to the Smiths, listen to these lyrics, you know, so I felt safe. But other than that, I've always felt unsafe around women. And I've never said that. I've I've never said that to anyone. Um, And that unsafety, that feeling unsafe, I didn't know it was that, would turn into this protectiveness, this like, well, this is mine, like, the, the these people in this band are mine and you can't be talking you know if you're in my head if a woman is talking to a friend of mine that's a lad it means she wants to fuck them and if she wants to fuck them then I'm threatened somehow I'm threatened and so I've been working I've been like doing some work on myself for the last two and a half years and I've reached out to a lot of women that have <laughs> been fortunate or unfortunate to cross paths with me and I have sat down with them the ones that I'm aware of anyway and I've said how have I made you feel as a woman and some of them have been brutally honest like so honest that it's felt like a kick in the stomach like Layla I I I told you on multiple occasions that this this wasn't cool the worst ones and you know how I know it's true because four out of the 50 women that I've been in touch with four of them consecutively Layla I just wanted to be your friend and I'm like oh god Ouch. I'm like yeah it, it, it's so it's it's been so hard it's been so it's been so hard and um and and there's a couple of women that are like you know what I, I don't want to speak to you and I'm like okay I get it, but the ones, you know, the ones that I've met on tour, the one, you know, people's girlfriends, I just, if any of you are listening, I didn't, I've, I've been part of the problem, but hand on heart, I've been asleep. I'm not saying that that is an excuse, but I, I'm working on it. And you know what? I'm going to get it wrong again and again and again. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying to not emotionally or physically hurt people with my words, my actions. But I'm human. Um, but I, but I am on this journey to to um, just try and become a better person. Now that 
now that the sort of problems and the deep-rooted stuff has has it is sorry coming to the surface it's never going to be complete um so yeah there's another revelation for anyone that's listening chaz said something to me chaz from lightyear um said something to me once in conversation he was talking about this time in music when you know bands like lightyear and you guys and random hand king prawn cap down etc are all coming up and i guess because a lot of those bands were largely ignored by the industry they weren't flipped into commodities in the same way that a lot of these other communities were so the business element wasn't as prevalent and so really although the business element is negative in a lot of ways what it also brings to the equation is adults in the room and Chaz said with a lot of these bands and situations, they, it felt like there was no adults in the room and the lunatics had taken over the asylum. Um, I've, I've literally, literally said that on the, 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 the Like You Did documentary. Oh, okay, so sorry, it wasn't Chaz. It was you telling me about what you'd said in the documentary with yes. Chaz. Let's expand on that then because, you know, you're talking about very much, I think, your personal life to some extent there, Layla, but I think it can also be applied to gigging, touring, these, these live music. You know, scenarios you know what's interesting right i right now i don't want to disown that statement because it's part of my journey but in that time there was more bitterness in my heart and i didn't acknowledge it so i think that there's a, there's a that's there's a, an underlying that, truth there though for sure there is, there's a, it's, a, it's a very harsh way of, of putting it because the people that we were involved with because we were 20 and then there was people in the 30s and the 40s and even the 50s that were doing the booking agencies and the labels and such and such and such and sometimes they made mistakes and so did we and sometimes a lot of the time they just didn't know what they know and and you know now i work in the industry and have much more proximity to it and then we've had experiences with people that are more like you know worked at major labels or in a bit of a bigger capacity so i would i would um I would say that to say that there was no adults in the room, what that was specifically saying was that the trouble was that in when we went to the US and we saw how the um the the the, the labels like your epitaphs and the fat rex were doing it compared to the way that we were doing it in the UK with the labels that were around and such and such and literally the logistics, which are hard for a bunch of 20-year-old kids, right? In America. You know, because there might be a million arguments on the other side why that was, but it it was very difficult, and a lot of the bands just got on this touring conveyor belt and got worn out, and that and and there wasn't a lot of people, there wasn't a lot of sort of consideration as far as uh, as far as the finances of it, and 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 you saw it at one point in around two thousand three to two thousand and five, a lot of the bands that were like names on the scene and our albums are and that they all just grinded to a halt and broke up. That's when we started doing all right. Cause we'd already been in a band that split up and, and we sort of just had a bit more, a bit more, Oh, we've got to actually do this ourselves. We've actually got to consider this stuff here, here. Here's a great example. Cause we always, we were never the most talented band, but we always had the branding, but what we, what we would do is we would put out, an album or whatever, and we'd, we'd do an album tour, and then we'd have a little break, then do a B-Town tour, right? And then that would have a new logo, new artwork, new banners on Punktastic and MySpace and that. And we would treat it like proper bands did, whereas the rest of the bands 
were like 18 year old kids, 19 year old kids, some of them that just got okay, we've put out an album and then it's just mm. from the garage no, to the stage. There's no strategy in terms of the release and how that relates to live dates. So, and you know, as far as they didn't know nothing about royalties, they didn't know nothing about licensing your album and the difference between that and and, and your mechanicals and the PRS side of it. It was just the wild west. So I don't want to blame the people at the labels. And you know, if that if that documentary ever comes out, I'm not going to lose sleep on the fact that I was there saying that. But I, you know, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just genuinely not mad at anyone. But it's yeah, the, the, I've said that a few times. The 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 the, the some. If there was a bit more now, as far as hey, these labels are doing all right, this is all popping off. There's money coming in here. How do we sustain this? There could have been a bit more, but it is what it is. Do you know what? It was it was great and it was a fun time. And then some bands managed to then you know go on and and do some other stuff. But it was it was a bit of a. Uh, like walking the plank, basically, uh-huh. and it was all disappearing behind. And then it was, you know, we heard the same story from, you know, many bands. I look at Lightyear now, they, 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 they're running it like adults now. They do a tour every so often and, and they do the odd gig. But you know what I mean? It's like, that, 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 that's, um, it's, it, was a, it was a different time in that element. And uh, it's not like anyone was taking advantage of anyone or ripping anyone off, really. It was just... Well, I, I, I guess the reason I bring it up within this context of what Layla was saying is it was more to do with the loose boundaries of decent behavior, right? It was more to do with like things, situations would just be a little bit muddy and sticky and, and questionable because it was a different time because it was pre-social media because there weren't people keeping checks and saying like, you know, maybe rein certain behaviors in or or not right so it was basically young kids figuring it out alcohol and drugs is prevalent i think i think that like i i honestly think that when from from around like when we started gigging to about 2005 the punk scene that i was part of and we were part of it, it was really wholesome and it was it was really good i mean it was the odd thing but then when uh sort of the emo thing came out and um, both bands that I think are super talented, and I've said this before recently, but Gallows and Bring Me the Horizon had this massive impact. And then you had the sort of, suddenly the alternative kids were almost like the the jocks at school, like, it, it, it you know, the, the, in Front Magazine and everything. Every, that, we wrote a tune about it called Back to School. It was like, whoa, this alternative rock scene is completely flipped on its head. The diabolical behaviour of the uh, of these fucking Jurassic bands of the past, your Motley Crues. I think I don't know a joke. I think they're a joke. Like that, that bit, that ooh, like that that boorish macho. You dress like a load of women, and you think you're macho. <laughs> it's nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. It's nothing to do with me. That's nothing to do with. Me. I hate that. I hate that. And then then there's suddenly the punk scene was that. You know, straightening your hair backstage, and everyone like I heard over here we played with this band called I can't remember what it was called, but they were like one of them sort of like emo pop punk bands in about two thousand five, and they were like they got the tune on P Rot, and they were like, yeah, we're only doing this to get young girls to fuck us, and then and then there was and then there was young stupid girls who saw that that was the entryway in. You know, you you got a slam dunk, and then suddenly you know if I'm the eighteen year old girl with a with a with a 
with a chess piece as soon as I possibly can, then everyone's going to like me. It suddenly became a popularity contest again. And our scene, we were just... And it's like, still that now, which is wild. What Did you yeah. see that shift, Layla, as, as a woman? Did you see that shift in the kind of male and female attitude towards, you know, their relationship with the music, the scene, and the other, or, you know, their, the, the yeah. sex they were attracted to? Yeah, taking it back, though, um, for me... In our scene, there were there were there were so few women, you know. There's Kelly from No Comply, like you you know. There were so few women doing what what we were doing that just even having a woman on stage in the band. That your the 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 people like we had a booking agent once, and he he booked both of our bands, and instead of he'd like pit. He, he pit the women against each other and like we played rebellion festival and in front of me he said to her go show Layla how it's done and it's like that just feeds into that actually like you know Saturday night we played retro bar in Manchester and the Mets played and it's like as soon as the Lily walks in it's like yeah yeah this yeah like this is what it should be about but back then it was a totally different story because it's like there can only be one kind of thing so you've got to be better than the other yeah yeah probably 90 percent my upbringing and my and what my insecurities and wearing up no actually that's unfair 50 percent me 50 percent the scene like 50 percent the like you can be a fan but you can't be on stage and i don't know who was dictating that well society but it the, there was there was no one, and if there was, it was a competition. And like, yeah, with it was weird because I've always been quite detached from that scene that Barney was talking about. Um, it probably didn't help that I was drinking a lot. So when I'd get slam dunk, I'd just be like getting on it. But there, there, there was, and I'm not talking about. And this is nothing against slam dunk. It's you know we did we did warp tour in America, and it was the same. There was that misogyny within certain bands where you know. And Kevin Lyman, he, he was like, I don't want to be seeing any of that stuff. I don't want if I see or hear anyone is asking like girls to come on the bus. You're off the tour. It was very, very explicit with that. But it's going on. How's he going to? How's he going to police a festival that big? And you know, then there's people like cancel Kevin Lyman. It's like, no, don't cancel. Ke don't cancel Kevin Lyman. Like, 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 let's try to figure out what is going on there. Like, how? Like, what? Yeah. And I just sort of just didn't it was it was on my radar but I, I i never i was either never too cool for that scene or I, i'm just like we are who we are like we'd those kind of gigs as well we'd always play and i'd never i never felt comfortable i never felt and, and i'm not talking about slam dunk i'm talking about um if you're that. at the kerrang awards or something like that right exactly yeah yeah actually i thought because the people that I used to love as kids and because I, as a kid I bought Kerrang 
I thought, well, then that means we need to be in Quran. And and I love I love Quran. I know I know I know a couple of the guys that that write for Quran and they're, and they're great people. But now, as I've got a little bit older, I'm like, we we're, we're not one of those. We're not we're not a Quran band, and that's all right. Mm. You know, I remember there was this like review about about us, and can't really remember it. But at the time, I got really annoyed, and I said to Barney, I was like, just don't write the review. Like yeah, right. just, just don't bother writing the review. Review. I'd rather. I don't. I, I, was, I don't. Well, there's been two scathing reviews in Quran, and there's been about ten absolutely amazing ones. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that was annoying. I know the one you're referring to was was um was ready in 2007, and um you know we don't. I don't want to go into it, but it but it but it misrepresented what happened, and you kind of go, okay, well. You didn't, you didn't mention the fact that yeah it doesn't you know it doesn't matter but it, it, it's kind of like twisting what you know what happened at the gig to sort of fit a certain agenda and I understand why that why that we've got so many good reviews in there we've got so many great know. it's about I'm not I'm, it's not it's not it isn't again any festival any people any bands that I mention it isn't a direct thing about them but. As I've got older as well, and I don't care if this pisses anyone off, I do think would it have would some of the the the, the ne- not even negativity the piss taking would it would it have happened if I was a white if I was a white guy, regardless of the music. I th- I think I'm not normal. I'm southern. Off the off the bat, all of that, all of that, you know, because it is very much, you know, the the media industry in all walks, not just music, is very much, you know, southern middle class orientated. And if it, like for me, classism is one of the worst forms of prejudice in the music industry that always goes unaddressed because it's not a popular topic or an, even an easy one to break down. Well, it kind of is, but um, for me now. You get all these bands that blend genres, right? And they're championed for it. There's a band like, say, Sleep Token. We'll use them one out of a hat of many who are doing like kind of grime and R&B with metal. And everybody's like, it's amazing. When you guys were doing that, because the the lines in the sand were so definitive, I think a lot of the reason why you were perhaps discluded from certain bills or conversations or even, dare I say, or you say mocked in some way, it's because you're daring to bring hip hop into rock or reggae into punk or, or all these things that at that time to the mid noughties it was a big no-no wasn't it and it is still hard now to play hip-hop to certain rock fans um but i think it's a lot more accepted now to blend genres and styles and it's almost celebrated now whereas when you guys were doing it you were kind of too reggae for rock too rock for reggae a bit like the same with the skints and um so it's like where do you fall you don't really fall into any kind of and that was that whole scene, wasn't it? That whole scar scene that we're talking about at that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at it in in in, in a, um, just in and of itself, I think the fact that things have become more accepting in terms of genre crossover, in terms of what kids are listening to, because they have grown up with more pop and R and B and whatever. You know, bands like Anik Shikari is a, is a really good example of where their references made sense to the kids at the time. And that's why it worked. 
I think with us, we are just a symptom of that. Because if you look at it, the way that it was with magazines, I remember, you know, when Vice magazine started getting big over here, that was one where they were talking about, they were talking about hardcore hip-hop, but they'd also be talking about hardcore punk as well. And it, it, at that time, around sort of 2003 and 2004, because of the internet, these traditional uh, radio and show barriers started falling down, and we were very much a symptom of that because we... Everything that we listened to, we knew that there was other people like us that listened to all that kind of that different things. These things made sense together because I heard at, 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 at hip hop nights, I heard a certain amount of jungle or a certain amount of punk or certain punk bands. I saw different, uh, you know, I'd see punk hoodies at a drummer bass night or whatever. So it was like, I know, even though nobody's necessarily drawn a line, or there's bands like, you know, like the, 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 our forebearers, like Cap Down and King Prawn, were mixing this stuff up. We just went, all right, we'll go a little bit more, a little bit more extreme with it, and a little bit more, we're almost like polished and cartoony with it. But I think that we are a symptom of a bigger musical thing. And yet, like, yeah, in some ways, we haven't got ahead that. of your time, guys. That's what you were. Yeah, and if you know, you know, don't you? I mean, being underrated it gives you time. It gives you space to do what you actually want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like as we've seen recently, it gives because if you've got all these people and all these different teams and all this different stuff, that's what creates the pressure in bigger bands as well. Do you know what I mean? They've got they've got all these. They the, the, the start the band when they're in the teenagers, and then suddenly they're thirty and they've got no money coming in. Do you know what I mean? And then, oh God, I live in Crouch End. I've got no money coming in. Like, that can be success. And if it's not enough success to get to the like, that's why it's so amazing seeing Skin Drive and what they've managed to do with this album now and now and now. They, things see, finally, finally seem to be actually happening. And before, beyond this thing of them being on stage at Download, and we've all seen it thousands and thousands of people, but it was almost like there was this glass ceiling, but they've just gone, oh, 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 and then finally they're on later with Jules Holland. Wow. Do you know what I mean? That's why that's so inspiring to see that because it goes, oh no, if you, you know, you it can happen. You know what I mean? And and um, they've obviously, for the last, what, 15, 20 years, they've been a, a little cottage industry in and of themselves, releasing records, getting that right, what I'm talking about, the, the, the marketing, the, 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 the strategy plan, the releases, this pays for this, this pays for that, da 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 da, da. We've got a house, we're going to pay for it, we don't, we're going to live here, da, da. all that thing that goes around a band, that's very difficult. So if you never actually have that, and then you find yourself in a place in your life where you're happy, and you go, all right, well, here's the band, we're going to do something different with that, it's not necessarily going to pay for everything. So in some ways, it, it, it's, it's a funny thing, you, you couldn't, there's probably nothing that's more inclined to make you hate a band that hate being in a band than if you know your response, your songwriting is responsible for your drummer's ability to buy his kid nappies. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's a whole other thing. So, um, there, but by the go go I in some in some ways, uh, it's 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 uh, who knows? You, you, you've got to you, you've got to just fit. You can only do what you do, can't you? And fit and fit it around you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How about this? Because I know from talking to you in the past at the time and more recently that you put out, you know, a song like virus or a song like no man, no right. And they perhaps at least in your eyes don't hit and connect in the way that you'd hope. And then you go out and play these shows that you just played. And for me, virus and and no man, no right. were probably the two best received songs of the whole night, every night, even including, you know, the kind of staple old school classics that everybody loves virus. Everybody went crazy. No man, no right. The whole room's bouncing. Everybody's singing. How validating and awesome was that for the pair of you to see songs like that? I guess finally, um, you know, getting that. I don't want to say recognition, but having the the impactive, connective qualities that you always hoped they would. Yeah, I mean, it was it was virus. It was the real sticky wicket because it 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 we were not expecting the response to um, from uh, 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 of virus from the, the the mixed response it got at all that's the funny thing about it all because you look at it and um it's like we got daytime radio one play with it a little bit as i always say we drunk from the sweet chalice of success for one day literally got played on radio one just one day and then we were on twitter and it's like yeah vanity search and whatever it's people like Hundreds of Sonic Room Six. Oh my God, this is weird. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, her voice is strange. Oh, what's he think he's doing? Oh, absolutely gamut running the corner. We loved it because it was so much attention. Uh, but the the it's like we were saying before about Layla saying you, you with the with a with a review in a magazine you remember the negative ones more. And I think that we remembered the negative. It was hard not to remember the negative because honestly, some fans. If you look, if you're a fan of music and you're half intelligent, listen to our listen to what we're doing on RK Perfect, which is our second album. Bam, 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 bam. Do drum and bass beat with a skank on it. We just kind of made that our own. That's, not, that's literally what we're doing on Virus, but we've, we've the, the riffs are different. And because Ben left the band, I'm doing the majority of the rapping. Yeah, the chorus has got that sort of thing at the time when Layla's got a bit of processing on her voice but it's a natural evolution but honestly you, you, some people it was like we'd gone from being like um 
Operation Ivy to suddenly be in end ups. It was like, no, it's just <laughs> great it's, analogy. Do you know what I mean? And 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 if you, I'd have thought most fans of us would go, all right, yeah, that's it, that's it. But it, you know what though? There was it, there was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot of engagement around it. There was a lot of excitement and controversy. I just didn't like it because we 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 got you know we got some slack off you know bands we played with. It. That always hurts more when when it's people you sort of half know. Some guitarist who you've said hi to and he's at your crisps backstage. He's kind of skulks around. And you're like, ah, oh, he's not really a fan, but fair dues, John. And then you see him it, just because it'll come up on your algorithm. And he's like. Da- what they doing there? Wearing their trendy clothes, dancing around like polished plums. It's like get get have a day off. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and you're playing your skirt punk band at the back, pretending you're listening to Jake. 2012, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Layla, over to you. Um, yeah, like for me, the, so at the gigs, you know, there's there's faces that I've spotted from like 2005, like your hardcore Sonic Boom 6 fans that have, that have been there since day one. Like, they they knew Grimace. Like, you know, they, they, they bought everything. And seeing them sing and move and dance and accept, completely accept, like, we knew No Man No Right was going to be fine, like, when, even when we wrote it, because it... it everything about it like it's us yeah i guess just because that album i feel like was so good it should have got more attention yeah yeah so that was so difficult yeah so with virus seeing our old school the people that followed us from the beginning especially last night actually um singing and going mad and that you've got like a sunday boom 60 shit on from 2005 that's been washed to death that I'd not noticed it until you just said it then, Matt, but that is a really nice feeling because it was a lot of those 2004, I've been here since day one, uh, fans that hated the album. Not hated it, but definitely it was like, because probably to them, it we were it's uh, sonically turning into one of the bands that, are part of that scene with the ta- tattoo chest and a lot of our fans yeah a lot of our fans are the people that got bullied are the people that don't fit in are the are the laylers that get told that they're shit at singing and shouldn't be on a stage are, okay. are are the people that look around and go why do i not feel and look why am i and I, this is one of my earliest memories. I remember being in the playground and everyone's playing and like skipping and doing all this shit. And I'm like stood, I'm stood behind a tree at the edge of the playground and looking at all those like five-year-old kids. And I'm just like, I hate you all. What? I hate you all. Like, why can I not play? Why am I so scared to play? And that to me, Personally, a lot of our fans, especially on this tour, I share that with them and they're like, that was me. So for them to hear virus, a nice video that looked like it cost, you know, that looked like it could be on what I don't even know what channels were out then. Uh-huh. YouTube. Yeah, it was on channel four, it was on channel four, it was on this. 
I get it. I get it. They don't want they don't want us to be trying not and we weren't, by the way. We were not trying to be cool. We were not trying to play hit the deck or with the blackout. We weren't trying to do that. And the music. We like music. That's the that's the difference. We wanted to make that music. We wanted to make that music. We weren't doing it against what we wanted to do, but we were one at a time, kids. Sorry, that's not true. We were conscious of going. This punk scene has fallen away. Uh, This this has gone to gone to rack and ruin. The only way we're going to be able to move forward and keep this band going and bring more fans in and bring more is a very much a concerted effort to do that. No point. That doesn't mean that we didn't, that wasn't natural and we didn't like the music. Those two things can coexist, but we weren't, we were thinking about where music was going. We were looking at what was happening. At no point did we ever do it to alienate any of our fans. We've always, always loved, loved the, like, you know what? There's this like collective called Weirdo, and I love it. They're like South. Asian alternative. Um, it's a South so anyone in the alternative scene, South Asian, um, and it's called the the collective's called Weirdo. And I'm like, the amount of times I got called a weirdo at school, like, and it just like I, I'll always be that weirdo, and 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 I'm never gonna try and be something that I'm not. So with virus, like Barney said. It is something that we did want to do, but it is something it wasn't it wasn't contrived in a way where we were like, well, we don't care about what we've done. We don't care about bigger than punk rock. We want to do this now. It really wasn't. We'd been in a band for like 10 years already. We'd already released three albums. We thought that was yeah. an, a natural and positive evolution, not just for us, but for the whole scene. We would help people up with us if we wanted to. But I guess at the end of the day, when you look at it like that, I suppose what, and it's very important, it's a much bigger conversation, but it's the punk thing, the punk aesthetic. In some ways, the punk had gone because just because because of where we went. And I think that that is one of the, you know, when I, you can't get mad, you can't get mad at people not liking stuff. It's just the hullabaloo around it. But I tell you what, it's a good tune. It's a good riff. It's poppy. It's big. It goes da 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 da. You know, it works. So when you pull all the pieces away from it, and most of our fans don't care about all that stuff and did see it as a, a natural thing and they enjoy that tune, it was only became this controversial being a bonnet because it was such a calling card. And in in a way, that's its power. Because we were there doing that big video and going, this is what we're doing now, and we're proud of it. So, well, and it's it's reception, you know, at those shows. Back to my original point, proved the you know the staying power, the quality, and just the, the actual like personal connection that people, whether they had it then, have it yes, now. Exactly. To yeah. the song is that your birthday parcel delivery special surprise arriving? Is it Barney, or is it your delivery? Um, thank you for the honesty and the vulnerability um, this evening, Layla. Much, much appreciated. I, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know where that came from, but I guess um, probably just off the back of being open on stage every night, right? You're still in that process. Yeah, 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 totally. And I've just been thinking about 
you know, I said it on stage, like falling out of love with music, but it wasn't falling out of love with music, it's falling out of love with myself, as in, as in singing. And so when I just opened my mouth then about singing, it's like trying to pinpoint like, when did that happen? When did I go from being like very much, much appreciated? Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, going from that place of oh. The birthday cake has arrived. Yeah, neighbors just knocked on. Oh, my old neighbors. Go on, later. Know, going from that place of like, like singing and music was a real sanctuary for me. You know, at the age of ten, I remember um, like, like having having like a cassette player and just rinsing my uncle's like tape cassettes that he had, and then I heard a band called extreme when i was 11 or 10 or 11 and i was like what is this music like i love it and then i saw nuno betancourt on telly and i was like whoa like this is cool and i just suddenly had fa i found where i fit in you know I, fa I found where i fit in and um i love I loved music and I loved singing and then I was just trying to pinpoint where did that break where did something snap in me where it was like you can't you can't do that and and yeah took it all the way back to being 13. I think as well um and and cheers to you Barney nice nice to have you back in the room he was just being delivered a birthday cake for the benefit of everybody watching uh, or listening um because and we don't need to go too much into this because we, we've done an hour already and we should do a part two at some point but i do want to touch on this before i let you both go because as we sort of began the conversation talking about this at so the core of this band is is the friendship is the relationships that exist right and i know you guys had a particularly difficult series of you know internal events be it barney not being able to go on warps be it, you know, the kind of lack of, of, of the positive reception, perhaps that you wanted to the self-titled album, obviously COVID, which everybody went through. There was definitely a series of hurdles for you guys. And obviously, Layla, you've been working through stuff. Barney, I know you've been going through a lot in your personal life as well. So it feels to me, knowing you guys like I do, that actually the focus for, for you guys has been getting your friendship and your relationship and your lives on track. And, and it feels like perhaps maybe the band's taken a back seat to that because you realize that actually what's more important than the band is your friendship, is your relationship. Um, and then perhaps in the process of rediscovering your love for each other as people, you've then re-fallen in love with the band for the right reasons. Maybe that would be my objective outside take. And I might be way off the mark, but it no, seems I like... Right. I mean, when it comes back to that chain thing, isn't it? It's like... It's it's that Woody Allen thing, isn't it? It's like, why do we have relationships? Uh, no, you, you, the thing about having a chicken. Uh, uh, not a chicken. <laughs> why do why do we have relationships? Because a tongue guy goes to a doctor and says, um, "Right, yeah, let me let me get." You're talking it. about pigeons because they mate for life. Is that no? The, it's because no? we need the eggs. In <laughs> right. the end, it's a ridiculous. It's an absurd quote, but it's just we need. So Woody Allen. Quote, we need the eggs, right? There's a point here, apparently. There is, there is a point. Um, okay. <laughs> Woody Allen eggs. God knows what comes up when you type that. Right, in. so here, here we go. Um, it reminds me of that old joke, you know, 
A guy walks into a psychiatrist's office and says, hey, doc, my brother's crazy. He thinks he's a chicken. Then the doc says, why don't you turn him in? Then the guy said, I would, but I need the eggs. I guess that's how I feel about relationships. They're totally crazy, irrational and absurd, but we keep going through it because we need the eggs. So it's, it's quite profound. But what I'm saying is we don't know why we've become inextricably linked, but it's like it's of no watch. We're family. And we row like family, but then um, it's just then very easy. You know, if, if you overanalyze it, you might say it's unhealthy, but it's, it's easy to then just have an argument and then reset and then just go, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, we'll come around and watch a horror film. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's that. So I don't, I don't think me and Layla have ever, ever really fed, fell out, nor got on any better than we normally do. It's always like, you know, sort of like chalk and cheese and like, doing each other's heads in but then also making fun of each other because that's what you do and that's what we do when we're kids and yeah i i think that I, is yeah. it safe to say that life became more important to you than the band as it should yeah and through that discovery of reconnecting with yourselves it's made the band better stronger more enjoyable yeah yeah I, I mean, if you don't if that you can't transmit what you don't have like it's all about finding what so every it's finding out like what makes me react the way that I do what is important to me you know so three years ago someone said to me they were like what are your principles and I was like what do you mean and she didn't say it to me to make she didn't say it to make me feel bad she was like well what is your like you know what is the thing that drives you like what what's your what what's the principle that you you live by that drives you and i was just like oh my god nothing like nothing like i have i'm just i have no moral code and and I, 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 i've just lived that way all my life and actually just thought it's okay and like the pandemic happened and like Barney was saying, you don't know why things happen. And it's only, it's only in hindsight, I can look back and go, like, pandemic meant it was just me and Nick in the house. We lived the, we lived this life where we never saw, we're in the band together, never saw each other. I'd be coming home from work at seven o'clock in the evening, or I'd be out doing my own thing. And something happened in the pandemic where it brought us closer together and I was like we're a team but I I I I live my life like I'm solo and from that something happened where I'm like I need to sort my shit out if I don't sort my shit out I'm going to be blaming everyone else for the rest of my life and I'm going to get nowhere I'm blaming other people for stuff it gets heavy. It gets really heavy. And like, and with me and Barney, I've never really blamed Barney for anything, but I, we've both had, you know, and Nick always says it, everyone says it. They're like, when you two get on, like no one gets, no one gets looking. But when you two aren't getting on, it, it's the, the energy, the air changes. And it's like, you know, we're, we're in our forties. We, 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 I don't want to not be getting on without knowing why. So it's it's really nice to be able to 
be self-aware and not as much as I still do it and I really hate myself when I do it constantly try and change Barney no you shouldn't say that no you should no don't do that I'm like he's on his own journey I'm on my own journey but we choose to be in each other's lives otherwise we wouldn't be how how empowering is that we choose to be in, in, in each other's lives. We don't have to be. And that's, that's the point of life and loving. When you love someone, you say to them, I care about you so much that I'm not going to try and control anything you do. I am going to be here no matter what happens. And if you don't want me to be here, that's okay too. And it's the most, beautiful relationship that I've got because it's it's probably the hardest relationship I we've both had to work at and we don't really work at relationships we just sort of give up <laughs> certainly the weirdest <laughs> and, 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 and yeah I mean people do people will just go oh my god people get it straight people mostly get it straight away I mean people will go like why are you three together like oh, you're married couple than me but um People do see that as soon as we start speaking with people, people go, yeah, you you two knew each other when you were a kid, well, don't, didn't you? Because you can see straight away because it'll be just something to do with eating or something. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's – that's so, yeah, it is intrinsic in, in, in the band, I suppose, and uh, in life in general, yeah. How much does Layla mean to you, Barney? Oh, God, I knew that was coming. I was just <laughs> going to say, uh, I knew that was coming because I could feel that like I just kind of used on this, like, spiritual thing. You got awkward. You got awkward. And then I, I went, oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, oh, God. Open, that, open, open that big heart of yours up, Barney. Um, she means she means a lot. She means the world to me as a friend, obviously. I always wanted to come round at Christmas and stuff. She's like part of the, part of the furniture. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like a chair. Like a, yeah, very comfortable one. <laughs> like, like a little wooden man. Yeah. I think the um the on stage chemistry obviously um was so on fire on this tour and just like the kind of back and forth interchangeable relay athletic prowess with which you kind of bounce back and forth. Um, you know, some of it's rehearsed and dialed in, but you, you can't fake that stuff. You can't learn that no. kind of stuff. And it's such a huge part of the live show as well, as you kind of you'll tap in and out of certain beats and moments in the show and it keeps the whole thing moving and you play to each other's strengths and allow the other one their moment and then step back and vice versa. And yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome to watch. On I'm, I see myself as the flavor flave. She's clearly the Chuck D in this situation. So it's almost like, like I overheard, I went in, I was in, went in the dressing room and I overheard two very close friends. One of them who's going to defend her, to the grave and I could be 100% in the right and I don't get no respect from her. It won't, it won't matter if I, I was completely in the right, she would stick up for Layla. But anyway, she, she was talking to a dear, another dear friend of mine and they didn't know I was listening. And they were like, yeah, when, even when, uh, even when uh, it's Barney's bitch, you're just staring at Layla, aren't you? And she's like, yeah, this is just staring at Layla all, all through a gig. And then, and then, and then he goes, and then he goes, there was one bit where she did this long note and she, this voice came up from under her. And I was like, whose is that voice? How's she done that? 
And then I realised, I looked, oh, it was Barney. And I'm like, hola, wamiya, I can hear this. So <laughs> I don't have any illusions that I'm the front man. I don't have any illusions that I'm the, I'm a rapper. I know what I am within that that rock act. That's Layla's the front person. Do you know what I mean? I think mean? no, you're both you're both the equal front oh, people. No. That's that's <laughs> that's to my point is you both have very different qualities and skills which you bring in equal measure to the overall package, and that's what makes it special. But I see, you know, just in terms of performance and and and. But I do. I, I mean, I do get out of the way when when I get out of the way and then I, we, we do move out of each other's way and that but it's fun when you're both having fun when you're both having a laugh that's when it's that's, I, that's when it's it really goes, fun. it goes back to for this tour we've both let each other be ourselves neither of us have come off stage and gone Barney you shouldn't have said that or actually don't yeah. do that bit that bit like neither yeah, yeah, yeah. of us have done that it's like you yeah. do you like and and our good friend Chewy actually, when she saw us on the second night, she was like, she was like, wow, Barney was just Barney, and you were just you, like it, like um, like bigger versions of who we are in mm-hmm. uh, in, in real life. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what it should be. I shouldn't have to. I'm not. I don't have to be Slim Shady or Eminem. I'm neither. I'm like I'm Layla, but I. I have to be Layla then. I have to find out who Layla is and be Layla and also let others be others, like rather than listening out. Because when I'm always listening out for the mistakes that other people are making on stage, it's because I'm I'm insecure. Yeah. Never because I want things to be perfect, because I want the audience to have a great time. It's because it's easier for me to say, Kethers, you missed the beat on that. Than to say, you know what? I should I should have bought in a monitors twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like it's it's yeah. Well, I think that I, I think that what's interesting is, and and I was I was, I've been thinking a lot about this about this tour, and it's it's yeah obviously it's been very life-affirming and different and it was the right it was obviously the right thing to do and you know there's still stuff we've got to sort out in terms of the way that we approach everything and that you know the, the amount of work we all put in but it's getting there i no longer feel resentful doing a lot of stuff whereas at one point you know there's there's different that that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with in a band all bands deal with that stuff but i think that with our fans because our music is weird and wacky and unique i think that within i think that a big sonic room six fan has a sense of who layla is and who i am and maybe you've seen us before and then through the music it's like this girl come up to me at bristol and she was like what she was like you write the lyrics right and i was like yeah and she was like why do people always die in your songs? Why are people always killing themselves? And she's like, my, my favourite songs um, by you both um, include women killing themselves. And it, I, I was like, yeah, you, you, you noticed that, Abby. So it's like, there's this sort of deeper sort of understanding of it. So I think that what I noticed on this tour is people do have that sense of... Uh, so, uh, and then you just play it, you just ham it up a bit. Layla's the kind of now, the sort of sober, sensible, sl- slightly sort of, and I'm like, you know, it's like we were saying Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny, innit? You know what Daffy Duck's like. 
it's a weird, complicated character, Daffy Duck, isn't it? But you know what he's like. You know how Daffy Duck will react to some shit. Mm. Like, it's weird, isn't it? But yeah, so I was saying that I was like Bugs Bunny and people like Bugs Bunny. I wasn't saying Layla was like Daffy Duck, but she said, I am like Daffy Duck. So, I'm like Daffy Duck. <laughs> So it's like people do, exactly. Like nothing ever suits, does it? Daffy Duck. He's just, he's, he's just a really complicated character. And he's like, you, you've written this cartoon and you're like, kids are going to love this. This cantankerous, weird black duck. Yeah. Daffy Duck. And I'll be on my gravestone, cantankerous black duck. That weird, black, cantankerous duck. What was up with him? Just in so- that exact moment there is that moment you were referring to earlier when you two are getting on. I just had a moment there where I sort of slightly <laughs> stepped back and was like, this is those two on that kind of beautiful level. Um, I could obviously talk to you both forever, but I know, Barney, it is your birthday. And uh, I know, Layla, you've got your husband sat there next to you. Is he still awake? Is he still with us? Are you going to say anything? i don't recognize that man i refuse to acknowledge him without the mustache mustache. is there anything either of you want to kind of like touch on or 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 address before we do wrap it up you know what i want to quickly drop scenes on podcast and we're talking about ourselves and all things what i've noticed that this tour and i've been buzzing off and that's why i shared that one message we got but has been the amount of like proud queer representation now whether that's a gay couple or whether that's like trans people or like gender for career whatever you know gender non-conforming now obviously that's 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 not like you know well done the, what that is is the fact that the world despite all the ferrari and all the you know turf and this and that and throwing eggs at each other and all that crap despite all that let's not forget that the world is getting better in some ways and that's the real thing where you actually see that this kid that was at the nottingham gig it was his first gig right and he had like this <laughs> he had like these mad shoulder pads he had this totally mad air he was top he come up and he was like shaking he was like this is my first gig blah 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 I was like, what the fuck are you wearing, man? That's so cool. Because that doesn't even look like nothing I've ever seen before. Who's your tailor? Where'd you even buy that thing? Like, you can't like wish us were gone, like, like 18th century George Pound shirt. Like, what the hell is that? Maybe it was some like my chemical romance emo black parade thing. I don't it know. It was an asset. No, I don't know what it was, right? But he it doesn't what he is like. He don't, there is now a, a very positive sense that, um, that there aren't those boundaries on these places that society puts you. And what's so crazy to me is, one, that's punk rock to me, which is the idea that, you, you are artistically you restricted to a certain level of good and bad because i always think prog rock gets a really bad rap because i love some prog rock but you know this idea that rock was rick waitman on an ice ring in a wizard suit going, and it's like uh, you couldn't ever without a private education you couldn't ever ask that and then the ramones come out with we've done the brat we've done the brat and that's just like fuck off and, and and that's to me what punk is you know there's all this different thing about punk rock 
and it's anarchic and it's it's not countercultural. It's more going, no, that's bollocks, I'm doing what I want. And mm. it's a very it's a very important distinction. It's About not, self-empowerment, right? Well, it's well for me, it's not. I never give a shit about, I can't wait for the weekend to begin. You know, the towny girls on the buses, people going chavs or whatever. I'll go up and speak to them as soon as I will. Metal as soon as I will. Punk rock as soon as I will. Anyone else, I don't give a shit. That's mm. never bothered me. But yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is if I want to write, do a band, which is punk rock with this mad girl singing, and then it's got all reggae and all the, the rest of it, it's anarchic. And we're going. I don't want to get into this, but it's like, especially with punk, with like Paramore and Haley and Tonight Alive, there came a point, especially when it became defined, that's how a woman should sing in, in, in punk. And we're going, no, that's not what punk is. Not that I, I love Paramore, I, I love them, but it, it's, it shouldn't come down to this version. It, it's about people engaging the brains and the hearts with stuff and going, where does this come from artistically? And I feel so uh, appreciative and empowered at the amount of queer presence there because we've never, except for Joanna, which kind of came as an apology for some shit we said on social media about the trans issue when we didn't understand it. And that was a kind of admittance. Oh, well, well, you've made us change our mind. And that's where you want to be. You want to be allowed to have conversations to change your mind. I was so happy to see that 17 year old kid that was talking to Layla that was uh, like they and, uh, and and was didn't was gender non-conforming at this point because I go why are they drawn to Sonic Boom 6 it's not like we've written a tune called Glad to be Gay but it's ah uh, maybe there's an inherent camp in Layla and and there's a camp in our band but the the, the fuckery with which our like not our brand but our spirit has a fuckery to say, do what you want to do. Yeah. Do what yeah. you want to And these disparate influences that came up on the Rough Guide on our first album, we were inspired by the streets because the streets empowered me to listen to music and go, if he can put together all these disparate influences but make them just converge in a point where I understand every reference, then why can't I spit some Nas lyrics over a Scarpoint tune? And people, whether they get it now or not, I'll put my Shogun Assassin samples in. They're going to find Wu-Tang Clan. They're going to find Nas eventually and go, oh, that feeds into that. And it's like it, 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 the, the fact that we've seen so many, that we've got a message of the gay guy, it's like we've never been LGBTQ plus supportive as in what we have necessarily said or sung about but there's a queerness in the way that we fuck about with music that i just i'm absolutely stoked with to see that is like wow it's like people they, oh you get it like um you, you, you're drawn to that and you know it's uh that was my favorite bit of the tour to be honest um, and 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 the fact that you see that not only even if the, even if since day one that's actually not changed. If even if that's just a representation of how society is opened up, because you do see young lads now walking around in dresses like you didn't used to, and I bet they still get a lot of shit for it. But it's better than it used to be, and I think that is absolutely brilliant. So whether 
it, that comes from us or what, it, at, at our gigs or whether it just comes from sighting in general. That's been my favourite thing on the tour. And I don't know why that came in my head to talk about, but it's it's super it's super cool to see and it and it was unexpected really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth mentioning. And like from my point of view, witnessing from the front of the room, the back of the room, from various different angles every night, just the love that everybody there every night had for your band was so awesome to see. And you must have felt it off off yeah. you know, off off stage every night. And it was just it's it's not every band that can say that. You know, plenty of people just go to gigs, they enjoy the show, but they're yeah. not taking their tops off, hugging their friend, crying, singing, jumping. Yeah. You know, yeah. you had the full gambit of emotion every night. And yeah. every single person, pretty much, at every single show, absolutely loved it and came yeah. away charged up. And that's special and rare. And to have that, uh, you know, it, it's it's a gift. It's a gift that you guys have, have you know, worked very hard to, to receive at this point after X amount of years in the game. Um, and, and, you know, there's still so much still to look forward to. I think if anything, you can walk away from the last five days knowing that you know the fires are stoked and that the audience is there and you guys feel excited about it all again and anything's possible really totally and we've got that bigger back catalog we see what works we can mash it all together we we've played tunes on that we play tunes from every album but now you go okay that's our sound somebody said on future shock uh when we, when we, when we put that out put the video for future shock out which was recently, and that's our new tune. And that makes such a difference. We've got a new tune. Do you know what I mean? That's two. Well, yeah, yeah, we've got two new tunes, but that that makes such a positive difference because we're actually doing something. And that can't be overlooked in the whole thing. But the first guy said, this sounds like every era of SB6 condensed. And that was exactly what we were going for. Not just with Future Shop, but with the writing. Like, what are we going to write now? It doesn't need to be this. Doesn't need to be, let's just do what we do, what people think of when they think of us. Let's just do it. It's not, 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 we're not doing a surprise Scar album or a, a surprise, you know, synth rock album. It's just Sonic Boom 6. Us now, older, better, wiser, dafter. Hmm. Bosh, you know, you are, you're a heritage band now. And I say that as a huge compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, you I'm... know, a, a heritage band that has that legacy to draw from, um, yeah. you know, but you're not confined by it. If anything, you're driven and pushed forward by it. So, um, Here's to the future. Yeah. Well, that's it's, it's been a long time since we felt like that about the band. It's just been something we've been doing. So, um, yes, absolutely. 